I'm Denisha Simpson. And I'm Joy McGowan. And, and we, we are Resilient, Resilient Black, Black Women. We are the co-host to this podcast, which is all about demystifying mental health for Black women, women of color, and women everywhere. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, y'all. If you like what you hear, share this episode with a friend. Welcome to the podcast. Today in studio with us, we have Mrs. Dequisha Prude-Wheeler. Welcome, Dequisha. Thank you. Thank you. Dequisha is the owner and founder of Prude Legacy Law Group, PLLC. Prude Legacy Law Group is a premier modern law firm focused on providing business and estate planning services to communities of color. Prior to launching PLLG, she worked in ethics and compliance for Walmart and as in-house counsel for a major hospital system. Dequisha is an adjunct professor of law at the University of Arkansas School of Law, represents the Arkansas Bar Association on the Arkansas Access to Justice Commission and services in various capacities in her sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Dequisha is also a board member for the Black Community Development and Chamber of Commerce of Arkansas. In her free time, Dequisha enjoys traveling, binge-watching reality TV, and spending time with her husband and two-year-old twins. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay, and like tons of fingers now. I'm like, I'm like what? She said so all in what board? It's what so awkward sitting there letting people read your bio. It's yes. like so yeah. awkward for me. Yeah. <laughs> My sister is an Alpha Chi. What? Alpha Kappa Alpha. Mm-hmm. She would she would totally destroy me if I got it wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably. So yes. she's my soror. <laughs> um, did you go to the University of Arkansas? I did not. Okay. I went to undergrad. So I did for law school. Yes. Okay. For undergrad, I went to UALR in Little Rock. Okay. Um, so yeah, that is so cool. I mean, it's just I didn't know you were adjunct at the U of A and also sat at the like on the bar for the board like that's mm-hmm. I just yeah. think you're in really um strategic places and that's really cool thank you thank you really I try cool to be and, and being an adjunct professor was really, really strategic because there's not a lot of black professors yeah you know at the school so I'm like okay let me see how I fit into this equation what I can do to kind of give back and try to increase the number of professors who look like us so yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for um, having me. Yes. Um, I, I, I know. So I, I was the one who asked Dequisha to come because uh, my husband and I work with her for a case that we had asked her to file for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so great working with you. And then I think you think you I think you're really great at setting up follow up emails to, yeah. <laughs> to your clients about different things that you're doing. I think you had sent the email about. Um, like helping people start their own business and filing all the paperwork. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to like do her. <laughs> like, and so I, I just, again, I was, and just had again another great experience with you. And so, thank you. Um, and then I think I saw one of your um, videos on Instagram about how specifically you were talking about how oftentimes the black community doesn't understand like why they need legal representation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how legal representation could be really important to them. And so I think that's when I turned to Denisha and was like, yo, like, we should have her come and talk yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, I don't know all the things that I need to know. Um, so, anyways, yeah. I just want to say I absolutely admire you in the community as a black professional woman. Um, and we are really grateful 
wonderful uh, for you to take up your time um, today and be here with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you for trusting me with your legal matters, because, again, that was more than one time that you guys yeah. came to me to, to trust me to help you. And so I, I don't take it lightly mm-hmm. when people come to me for services. And so I appreciate you all even being willing to allow me to, because it's like what, kind of what you mentioned. People, black people tend to not trust lawyers yeah. across the board. And so for you to come to me with that, I don't take it lightly. So. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I tell everybody I know. Like, <laughs> I always say your name. So thank you. This is awesome. Growing up here in Fayetteville. So my mother had a lawyer in her pocket at all times. So mm-hmm. she, people would joke <laughs> about her growing up in the community. Mm-hmm. So I do have this respect and trust for attorneys. However, mm-hmm. we never had attorneys that look like us so that was different mm. so to be able to sit in this space with you it's just yeah it's amazing yeah and, mm-hmm. and kudos to your mom for having her attorney because you never know what you'll need like exactly. and so it's good to be able to just say okay let me call my attorney and not right. be joking or not be you know kind of <laughs> try to bluff on people yeah, yeah she like, was I dead will serious call my attorney right now yes. <laughs> <laughs> Zekusha, every time we have a black woman professional um, or a black woman on our podcast, we always ask them this question about resilience. Mm -hmm. And so we want to know what does it mean to you to be black, female and resilient? Yeah. Wow. Um, So it means lots of things. So when I think about being black, female and resilient, I think about, you know, what we have been through as a race, just black people in general, but then I think mm-hmm. about black women mm-hmm. and it's multiplied. Yeah. Than what we have just been through as a, as a race, black women have been through so much more because you have all these barriers against you. Not only are you black, but you're also a woman, mm-hmm. you know, and don't even get into like the professional spaces and, and add that layer to it. And so mm-hmm. I think when, when I think about black women and black resilience as a black woman, it just... My hat's go my hat goes off to every black woman I see that's even getting up every day mm-hmm. and just trying. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is going after a passion or going to work or just raising your kids at home, whatever that looks like, to me, I'm like, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm clapping for you every single time because the the, the, the cards are already stacked against you. That's right. And the fact that you get up every single day and you try, no matter what, um, it speaks to your character, it speaks to to the um, toughness and the superpowers of black women. I hate to, I hate the term strong black woman mm-hmm. because we don't call ourselves strong black women. We don't, you know, I don't want to be called a strong black woman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we just that's just who we are. Yeah. You know, that's who we are. And every single day you get up and go after it. And so that resilience um, is reflected in not only the black community, it's, it's reflected across the world, mm-hmm. you know, across every community because we're not just resilient and, and, and getting up to do things for us and our community. That's we're right. doing it for everybody. That's right. And mm-hmm. so um, on one hand, yes, I'm super proud of us, but I also um, I feel for black women because mm-hmm. we have to be mm-hmm. so resilient, have to show up every single day no matter what. So um, generally, though, kudos to black women for, for getting up and going after it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it reminds me of a another episode that will be released later on next year that uh, where we had that black woman say the same thing of like the strength part is cool, mm-hmm. but <laughs> she was kind of like, yeah, I'm in my uh, soft girl, yeah, my soft girl <laughs> era, <laughs> like for real, for real. I saw this TikTok video and it's been viral for a while now, but it's like 
God, take me off of the strong soldiers list. I don't yeah. want to be on there. <laughs> like, take black women across the board off of there. <laughs> like, we've had enough. We can't take any more. <laughs> take us off the list. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but I look to so many black women who are resilient around me for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure if you guys have, have seen the... Um, Beyonce film yet or not? I did. Uh, Renaissance. Oh my goodness! Yes. You need to go see it it's ASAP. So good. Like Beyonce's like resilience. Even like she's a billionaire mm-hmm. pop star, mm-hmm. and in this film, she's having to literally deal with people gaslighting her every single day. Mm-hmm. Like she's Beyonce, and she just had to talk about how she had to be resilient and get up every day and still go after what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Tell people, no, I know this is possible. Yes. Hear people say back, no, it's not. Yes. And she's like, yes, it is. But every single day, like her whole thing was, I have to get up and keep going because it's not just for me. Mm-hmm. That what I'm doing is not for me. I won't be the only one benefiting from this. I'm be- I'm helping the next person, the next girl that comes after me. And so, I look to her. Even just local people like the dean at the law school here. There are other mm-hmm. other attorneys in this area, um, in Arkansas in general, mm-hmm. who have just been so resilient in their careers, careers and in their personal lives that. I look to for inspiration on a daily basis. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's that's huge. I mean, especially uh, yeah. I saw that. I saw her movie last night, and was just flabbergasted. Yeah, and people telling her that this type of camera don't exist. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Well, I googled it, <laughs> and it <So>. does. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to pick it up tomorrow? Period. Like, that's but all then also she had so much grace, mm-hmm. and to see her holding herself together." When she was clearly frustrated mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> by mm-hmm. how people were like treating her constantly, I'm just like, man, that is what we have to do all the time. We yeah. have to like state our point and then still not come off as like mm-hmm. the angry black woman right, mm-hmm. right in the mm-hmm. room because then you for sure get dismissed right. and just like keep saying it over and over. Which like, I mean, she was like so calm, yeah, <laughs> like as she was saying all this stuff that they were literally like, yeah, no, that's not a thing. She's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, I, I'm like, I would have raised my voice a little bit. Right. Like, I would have been like, uh, first of all, what you not going to do right. is tell me it don't. Like, I would. So it's almost like then you're going to see what you thought. Yeah. Oh, I, or you like, were going to see anyway. Like, she better than me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, I love that. I love to hear that. Okay, tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah, so um, my practice is um, based here in Northwest Arkansas. It was established in 2020, right on the cusp of the pandemic hitting. (laughs) Um, So right when the pandemic was hitting, I was starting a business. And it was like, okay, why did I do this again? Um, And so it came with its own challenges. But I started the firm mainly because um, I've had not so great experiences with my other legal jobs here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, when you look around in private practice here in Northwest Arkansas, private practice means attorneys working at law firms, not at, at businesses. So not at Tyson, not at Walmart, J.B. Hunt, who's in private practice at a law firm. There were no other black women at mm-hmm. that time. And so I was the first one. And so I'm like, okay, People come to law school here. Black women come to law school here all the time, yeah. but they don't stay. Right. No. Because when you, you look around, nobody's looking like us. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to have to go into work and tell people how to treat you or, or, or you know, welcome you as an employee, which is what mm-hmm. happens a lot. And so they leave. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, let me figure out how to try to shift that a little bit. And so um, part of it was let's let me stay here, open up a business to try to convince other black women to stay around, mm-hmm. black people to stay mm-hmm. around in private practice, but also how I ended up 
um, going into my firm is because I was working at a Mercy Hospital as in-house counsel mm -hmm. and the pandemic hit and they cut, you know, a lot of the department because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so the other reason was I didn't want anybody else to be in control of my income, my livelihood right. anymore. And so I'm like, okay, this is my, these are my reasons. I want more people to stay around here um, that look like me to be in private practice, but I also want to be in control of my livelihood for the most part. And so that's what pushed me to open my firm. My practice areas are were really strategic too that I chose, which was estate planning, business planning, and then I also do personal injury some on the side. Mm -hmm. um, but black people do not do estate planning. Mm -hmm. They just don't as a, as a community. We don't. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there about it. There's some ignorance, not because you just choose to be ignorant, but there's not information out there about it. And so I wanted to really change that narrative and show people, no, you need a state plan. Here's why. And you need business protection. Here's why. Because people go and start these businesses, don't have any clue kind of what they're doing, and then it fails mm -hmm. because they don't trust someone to be an advocate for them or, or counsel for them. And so I'm like, okay, I want to do these practice areas, and I'm going to serve this community specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't turn people away, but my goal mm -hmm. is, you know, to serve the people that look like us. And so um, that's kind of how I opened my firm up with those practice areas, and it has just allowed me to um, be an advocate for our community and across estate planning, personal injury, business clients. Um, and it has allowed me to just be an advocate. I'm, I don't just work with clients that are in Northwest Arkansas because mm -hmm. my firm is based um, virtually based. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, I have a physical office space, but I don't advertise the office space for people mm -hmm. to come to it. I can serve people that are like other, on the other side of the state. Mm -hmm. So Northeast Arkansas, Southern Arkansas, I can serve people all the way across the state. Um, and so that was one of the things that appealed to me about having a virtual kind of business model. So mm -hmm. we've been going since 2020, going into our fourth year next year. Um, and I'm super proud of it. So That's <laughs> awesome. as you should be. Thank yes. you. Do you mind explaining? I think some of the misconception with, oh, I don't need estate planning comes from people not truly understanding what mm -hmm. that is. Would you yeah. mind explaining in more detail what that looks like? Oh, my gosh. I can go all day. I can go all day talking <laughs> about estate planning. But, um, yeah, so estate planning is essentially creating a plan for your life right now mm -hmm. and your life after you pass away. That looks like my things. What happens to my things? Even the smallest things like the shirt you're wearing right now, mm -hmm. the shoes you have on. What happens to my things? But also what happens to my body? Who's who's making decisions for my body? And so it's not just about things. And, and the black community since, seems to think that, you know, you have to be a millionaire to have a state, an estate plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need wealth, quote unquote wealth, to have an estate plan. And it's not all about having a whole lot of money right. because you still have things. And my t what I tend to tell people is if you at least have Two family members, at least, and a dollar to your name, whether it's in a bank account or in your drawer at home, you need an estate plan. Because mm. those two people that are your family members will find a way to fight over that money. Right. Mm. Whether it's a dollar, ten dollars, or whatever, they will find a way to fight over the smallest things. And what happens is they'll have to go to probate court. Mm -hmm. Spend money and time in probate court arguing over this stuff just for the judge to decide what happens to it. Right. And so no matter what you would have wanted anyway, the judge is going to decide. And so an estate plan allows you to decide for yourself, not the state of Arkansas, what, what will happen to your body and then what happens to your things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, try to, I really try to um, hammer that point home to people that you don't have to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I had a TikTok video that went viral recently because I explained that, you know, estate planning is, is so important. And this is why, because a third of the property owned in the South is called air property. 
And so I'm not sure if you're familiar with what air property means. Mm-mm. Air property, oh my gosh, look. Air property means, let's say your grandmother had this house. Your grandparents had this house. They passed away. They didn't have a will. Nobody sent their estate through probate, the probate mm-hmm. process. And then your uncle just moves into the house, continues paying bills. Nobody changes title. Nobody does anything. He dies. Nobody mm-hmm. probates his estate. No estate plan. Then somebody else moves in. And it just continues, continues, continues. Now, everybody who are descendants of your grandmother, grandparents, have a right to that property. Mm-hmm. Because they're descendants mm-hmm. of her, whether it's through her children or through the, being a great-grandchildren, whatever the, the case is. It's air property now because it's owned by maybe three or four different generations of people. Mm-hmm. It's so tangled up that you mm-hmm. don't even know what to do with it. People come in all the time and steal it out from under you because, you know, people could be scattered all across the world. And there's this land in the South that your grandparents own and they come in and, you know, buy it out from under you. and You have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so air property is a huge thing but that estate planning can help. Even if it's just a simple will that says this is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. You know, it's not going to get tied up mm-hmm. in court forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the, the, the biggest misconceptions about estate planning is that we don't need it. When the fact mm-hmm. is, if you're over 18 and you have two family members and, you know, a dollar to your name, you do. Mm-hmm. So. No, I think that that's <laughs> like just yeah. you saw me writing those. So I was like, <laughs> OK, we need to talk because <laughs> this is really important. You know, it makes me think about the uh, Hulu show Black Cake mm-hmm. and how that mother and that had her lawyer did all this estate planning. But there were so many things that she didn't even tell her husband. Mm-hmm. But her lawyer knew (laughs) about parts of her life, things that she had, children she had that nobody knew about. And like you said, because that child in Black Cake was is her daughter, like she is a descendant. Mm -hmm. So she gets something if there was anything to be given and now has a say, which those other two kids are now like, what the heck? Who is this lady? Mm -hmm. So I don't know this. I mean, it's just really um, it's really, really important. And I can see why this is your passion Um, because we don't know. We don't even have words. Yes. And they use and they when I say they like real estate developers, people who are like Mm. serial property purchasers, these people, they use the ignorance of the community to Mm -hmm. prey on the community and take all this land. And, And I tell people all the time. The land we have and what's out there is what we have. We're not yes. getting any more. And so if you have it in your family, you need to make sure that you do what you can to protect it and make sure it stays in your family because mm-hmm. it's worth a lot of money. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be trying to steal it out from under you. Right. <laughs> so right. it's worth it's money, worth clearly. Something. And speaking of the Hulu show, there's also this um, documentary on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. called Silver Dollar Road. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Please go watch it. It's about um, air property. And so this black family in the South, I think, I think they're in uh, South Carolina, uh, one of the Carolinas there, um, there, and their great-great-granddad, who was one generation removed from slavery, bought some land and had like five or six kids, never did an estate plan or anything. One of these kids died, and before you knew it, it was wrapped up. And all, it was air property because it was wrapped up in all these generations having ownership, but no direct title. There was no deed anywhere that said all these people own it. They mm-hmm. just all knew they had a right to it. So mm-hmm. they become co-owners of it. And so one of the long lost cousins went and sold part of the land because you have a right. You're, you're a co-owner. He went and sold some of the land, like 60 acres of this this land to like a real estate developer. And 
the real estate developer wanted to make some of the family who was living on it right now get off of it. And long mm-hmm. story short, they ended up, well, I want you to go watch it. I want you to go watch it. So I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But, <laughs> you got to tell. I don't want to tell you I love it. And so <laughs> just know that this family is still fighting to this day. Their grand, great-great-grandfather was one generation removed from mm. slavery. They're still fighting today to keep this land in their family. And it's all because there was no estate planning. There was mm-hmm. no probate of any type for anybody that's passing away mm-hmm. in their family. And so they have a matriarch in the family who's about to pass away probably soon. And they're like, okay, what happens then? You know, when she's gone, are they still going to keep coming back and trying to take the land from us? And so go watch it. It's wow. called Silver Dollar Road on Amazon Prime. Mm. So Now, what you're saying is true with the real estate developers and how they will actually come and try. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, she was 96 when she passed away or 97. She had a will. And so my mother and her siblings are the heirs in it. But her house is... Um, it's really hot property right now because mm-hmm. it's down there in South Fayetteville where they're doing the whole gentrification. Mm-hmm. And so they would love to get their hands on it, and they've asked. But because of that will and mm-hmm. her saying these are my heirs, they can't, they can't get to it. They can't unless right. they willingly get exactly. it to them. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it is important. Yeah, and that's a lot of power to have. It's like right. well, you don't get it unless we give it to you. Right. And so if you decide to, mm-hmm. then you have power to increase the price. And then, you know, exactly. you know, so many things that just that will is right. going to allow your family to be able to so to do so. Can you talk about wills? Because normally people just think about wills like like my mother lives with me and she's 68. So mm-hmm. I've, we've talked about some things that she may want and that type of stuff. But there's probably also something like a living will. Right. Like what's the difference? Yeah. And. How important is it for people who may not be in their 60s or 70s or 80s to also have a a will for their life right now? Yeah. So the the difference between a a last will and testament and a living will is the last will and testament is what's going to lay out your plan for Mm. after you're not here anymore. And so what happens to your things, who are your heirs and your beneficiaries, that's what your will is going to be for. It's also going to name a guardian for any children that you have. And so Mm -hmm. if you have children who are minors at that time, you have a choice in who gets to be um, the guardian for them, you know. And so the judge takes that into account and it's not taken lightly. Um, <clears throat> as far as a living will, it talks about what happens um, during your end-of-life care. Mm. If you're in a hospital or a hospice or something like that um, and you want to be able to make decisions for yourself as to what they care is going to look like, that's what a living will does. And so you get to choose at what point do they unplug you. Mm-hmm. You know, do I do, do I want to be continue to be plugged up even if I'm in a vegetative state? Mm-hmm. You know, mo- most people know that as a, being a vegetable. If I'm a vegetable or I have some type of terminal illness that I'm not going to recover from, do I want them to continue spending time and money, you know, to sustain me if it's not going to help? You get mm-hmm. to make those decisions now so that your family's not having to argue and fight over it when the time comes to make that decision. Because if they can't agree, they're going to have to go to court. And somebody has to get appointed to be that decision maker. And so that's what the living will does. It doesn't necessarily talk about what's happening to your things, but it is it allows you to have some autonomy over your body at a time you may not be able to speak for yourself. So then really, like, we should all have both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when I do an estate plan for people, like at the very minimum, if you're coming to me for a last will and testament-based plan, you're getting that last will and testament. You're getting a living will. You're getting two different types of power of attorney documents. And so you get a health care power of attorney, mm-hmm. but then also a durable power of attorney. And so they do two different things, but are so necessary. The health care power of attorney is going to allow whoever you name as your agent to make decisions for your health care if you cannot make them for yourself. And so it's similar to the living will, but not as specific mm-hmm. as that. So if you're in, a, in the hospital for some reason, you've had a coma, 
or, you know, you have a stroke or something and you can't speak for yourself, somebody has to be making decisions for you because if they don't, of course, somebody's going to have to go to court and be appointed to. Mm-hmm. But this is your way to save that time and money and say, okay, no matter what, this is who I want making decisions for me. Um, and then the same with the durable power of attorney. It's the same. You nominate someone to make decisions for you, but it's for property and mm. finances. So not health care, but property and finances. So if you have a home, if you have a bank account, a car, a credit card, they can do all those things, the same things you would do regarding your assets on that level. As um, they, they could do the same things as you could do with a durable power of attorney. And so all those documents are considered a complete estate plan. If you're missing any of them, then you don't really have a complete estate plan. Mm. But at the very minimum, a last will and testament, because it's going to save your family a lot of time. And if you want to take it a step further, a trust. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, several people, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of misinformation out there about trust and what they're for, what they do. And so I tell people all the time, if you um, have like, a lot of people that are our age are like professionals and you're really building in your careers. You're starting to acquire assets, whether you think they're large or not. You have a bank account. Maybe mm-hmm. you have life insurance, you know, 401k, all these things. You, you need to have a plan for them. A trust can help keep those things out of probate and pass them easily to your family. And so people think they hear trust. They, they think trust fund babies. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we were starting the trust fund baby generation for black people yeah. <laughs> as our community is. And so it's not it doesn't have to be a million dollars. But the goal a lot of times is just avoid the probate process, save your family that time and money, and have a plan for your children to make sure that whatever you're doing in life right now for them can last them as long as possible. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Undiscipline is a collaboration between the African and African American Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and KUAF. The podcast provides a peek into the complex issues that affects our interconnected world. Taking the interdisciplinary approach of African and African American Studies to the classroom, into the community, onto the airwaves, and beyond, we expose you to the studies, the thoughts, of university scholars, students, and members of the African and the African diaspora communities. It is hosted by Dr. Karee Benton and Dr. Karenicia Connor. It is produced by Leah Grant. It's available every other Wednesday at KUAF.com, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the African and African American Studies program and the Undisciplined podcast on Instagram at UARKAASD. Or visit KUAF.com to listen to all episodes. Welcome back, y'all. I think I just, like, really appreciate the phrase you keep saying, save your family time and money. Yes. Because once once stuff hits the fan, <laughs> then it's like all this stuff gets tied up in court. Mm-hmm. And if you think that your family doesn't have money now... They really won't have it they when you're done. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I had a case like that, a probate case that lasted about six years. I was after just, the person died. After they died, the family was still in court fighting over these assets. And again, people probably think, "Oh, it's not a whole lot." It is when you come from like our community. Generally, doesn't we didn't have a head start like you yeah. we're building. You came from nothing, and to see a family 
fighting for six years over farmland, 60, mm. 70 acres of farmland that was earning them money. This dad had two, like, properties, houses. He had cars, vintage cars and stuff. They fought over it for so long. I was the third attorney on the case when I came into it. And I would say when we started out, I would probably say that that estate was worth over $500,000 mm. easily. When it was done, it was less than $100,000 to be split across oh six gosh. people. There were attorney's fees for the prior attorneys. There were yeah. my attorney's fees for working on it for two years. There was all these fees. We had to, The judge ended up making us sell everything. So all mm. this property he had worked so hard for, his parents worked hard for to give to him, was lost in the probate process because his family was arguing over what was going to happen to it. Mm. Like, I don't think it gets any worse than that. Yeah, it's devastating. It's so devastating because I think about what that, what those assets, whether it was liquid and they turned it into cash or just in kind, like the land, what they could have done for his children for and their children. Like yeah. it was already farmland. Farmland is so valuable. Yes. Yeah. It could have it could have changed their lives for like, and it was it was so tragic to, to be a part of it and see it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, that like reignited the fire in me. I'm like, okay, mm. we got to do what we can to make sure this does not continue to happen. And so it, it, it that's one of the worst stories. I, I, I like to tell it because it's like, I don't, like if, this if that reason. doesn't convince you, yeah. I don't know what will, mm-hmm. you know? And so it is, it was truly traumatic. So my goodness, that's huge. I, I just really appreciate <laughs> just like you like explaining these things like I feel like I should know like mm-hmm. I thought I knew what a living well was until you started talking I was like I, I don't, <laughs> that's not what I thought that was and most like, people do what? they think they hear living will and they they think last one a testament when you hear living yeah. will but they're two different documents mm-hmm. yeah yeah well I think what help if people stop calling it a living will and maybe called it a um, advanced care directive. Yeah. And so, and so you, it's like interchangeable. Like there's so many terms for it. People just continue to call it a living will, but they also refer to it as an advanced care directive. And so mm-hmm. that might help to be able to just differentiate so people don't get them confused. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I don't know. I just feel like this is really. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll take it even further and say that, you know, not only do you need, the last one testament or just estate plans across the board, like especially older people you think because you're older you need. Like yeah. you mentioned your mom who's in her 60s. Yes, of course she needs an estate plan. But even you, I'll use you an yeah. example. Like you're married, you have small children. Uh-huh. If something happens to you and your spouse, do you know who's going to take care of your kids? Yeah. Like don't you want to have a say-so yeah. in who you want to take care of them? Otherwise a judge who doesn't know you from Adam is deciding who's going to get your kids, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I would even say because your mom is older, you probably don't want her listed as a guardian because maybe right. she will want to take your kids and yeah. would do great with them. But maybe she's not in the best uh, physical yeah. condition, you know, to take them. And so especially you, if you have a newborn, like you, if your mom is 70, you know, yeah. you think of, people don't think about those things. Yeah. And so, of course, you want to think, oh, well, my mom will take my kids. But realistically maybe she won't maybe, maybe she, she won't. wouldn't maybe she, can't. she can't right and so you think you think it's not just for older people it's for young people young mm-hmm. people like us like i meet so many people who are within our age group that are in their late 20s early 30s your mid 30s um late 30s that are in their careers doing so well in their careers corporate or not entrepreneurs like whatever your passion is 
and they are acquiring assets. They're getting rental properties. They have businesses. They have 401k. They have life insurance policies. All these assets. And maybe have, you know, children in the mix. Like, what's happening to your things? Mm -hmm. You're not 60. But you have things, Mm -hmm. you know, that that somebody's going to decide what happens to them. And if you don't decide, the state of Arkansas already has a plan for what's going to happen to those things. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't match what you would want, Mm. you know, which is why the will is important. So it's not just for old people or what you consider old people. It's for us, anybody over 18. But but especially those that are in, like, the millennial generation that are really, really working right now to build and grow and create this this life that maybe our parents didn't have. So... Mm -hmm. I can talk all day about this. No, but this is how I'm so glad you are. So good. <laughs> this is so good. I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> this is so good. I am so glad that you shared all this stuff. I'm like, Okay, I'm like, it's hard for me to, like, do the questions because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm thinking about my personal life right now. <laughs> like, I'm going to need to email the question later again. <laughs> um, I don't know. I hope our listeners are taking a lot of this and I hope. I hope everybody will reach out to Decretia. Like she said, her business is virtual. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you live. She can help. She can support um, and can provide. Because I think you do like a 30-minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that a paid consultation? Is it free? Like what does that process look like setting up a consult with you? So the 30-minute consult is not free. Mm-hmm. It's $99. But mm-hmm. I do a 15-minute just do are we a good fit? Can I help you? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. You know, type thing. And that's free. Mm-hmm. Um, but 30 minutes or 30 minutes or longer is a $99 consultation fee. You can book through my website, mm-hmm. uh, which is www.prudelegacylaw.com. Instagram is saying at Prude Legacy Law. I have a button on there where you can go ahead and book directly from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the main two avenues that most people will book from. But it's pretty simple to go on there and book a consultation, whether it's the paid one or just the quick kind of check-in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't hurt to... To, if you're not sure if this is something that you actually want or need, to just kind of check in and say, okay, am I on the right path or do I need this or not? Um, so it wouldn't hurt to kind of just check in and, and kind of get an opinion on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us um, for our last question, uh, one of our last two questions, what are you most proud of for yourself? Oh, um. I would say I'm most proud of starting my firm Mm -hmm. and it still being here three years later. Yes. And surviving COVID. (laughs) Surviving COVID. You started in COVID. What the heck? (laughs) I feel like, honestly, like this last year was like my my first real year in business. Mm -hmm. And I've survived COVID. I've survived having twins and going on maternity leave and all of this. Like, I'm really proud of it and that it's still here today and the people that I've been able to serve. Um, Since I started my firm, there are three more women here in private practice um, in Northwest Arkansas. And so I'm like, it's doing what I wanted it to do. Like they're staying. staying. Maybe I wasn't the whole reason, but I mean, it helps to know Mm -hmm. that they're sticking around now um, so that it's creating that community. But I think that's what I'm most proud of. I've been able to um, not only just income wise sustain and, and help be a contributing member of my family, mm-hmm. but I've, um, I've employed people. I have, I've had clerks from the law school who yes. look like me to come and work for me. I've had other people employed. I've been able to supply that, um, employment to other people, but I've also just, um, been able to create the life I wanted that 
most lawyers who are moms, working moms, who mm. who have the goal of having a family, mm-hmm. don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to choose a lot of times if you are going to the traditional law firm route. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be successful. You have to choose. Do I want the kids or do I want the job? Mm-hmm. Do I want the husband or do I want the job? And so having my firm allowed me to not have to choose. I can have it all. It's mm-hmm. hard. Don't get me wrong. It's super hard, super hard work trying to balance it all and have it all. But I have the life I wanted. I, I was able to take a long maternity leave with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I am able to leave and do whatever I want to do with my kids at their school like this past, what's today, Saturday? Mm-hmm. Okay, mom brain still two years later. Yeah. But um, Friday, yesterday, I was able to go to their Christmas party yeah. at school in the middle of the day, like no worries. I didn't have to call anybody and say, hey, can I go to this or exactly. check in with somebody? Mm-hmm. Yep, I just yep. left and went to go do it and came back. Uh-huh. Um, and I saw a colleague of mine who, she's not in Arkansas, but she works at a big law law firm in California. She was on her Instagram story like, almost in tears because she had to miss her kids party because she's at the law firm and it just made me so appreciative and I at first I was like this is in the middle of the day like I want to go but like dang I'm gonna have to move some stuff around I'm gonna have to work (laughs) late tonight Friday night because I want to go but I want to be a part of those things I want them to have parents that show up yes and so I was like okay when I saw that it put things into perspective for me Mm. like yeah you should be thankful and grateful that you have that ability to do it because not everybody does and it's because of what you created for yourself and so that made me proud yeah Mm. During something that you didn't even know was going to be hard. Exactly. You didn't even know 2020 was going to be hard. I had no idea. I had no idea I would be an entrepreneur, have my own business. Like, I tell my husband all the time, like, I always wanted a nine to five. Like, I was never like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, work for myself. I never wanted that. Like, I'm a super Virgo type A person. Mm-hmm. I need a structure. I need a schedule. <laughs> and I was never the one that said, let's go let's go start a business. My husband was that person. Mm-hmm. And we don't. We, we have opposite roles. He works a nine to five, and I'm not the entrepreneur. <laughs> And so it just was crazy how it worked out. I never would have thought this is where I'd be right now. But it worked out, and I'm super proud of what I've done so far um, and hope that I can continue to sustain and, and, and provide to the Northwest Arkansas community. So, And people all over the country because all over. you can help people anywhere. It doesn't exactly. matter where they are. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> God, I feel like your story is inspirational in and of itself, mm-hmm. like starting something in a year that you, you didn't foreknow that <laughs> 2020 mm-hmm. would be crazy um and then being able to sustain in all these years and then also doing the educational piece that you're so passionate about for the mm-hmm. black community of just making sure that, like that people know people understand yeah. like your story alone is inspirational and thank that's, you. so mm-hmm. i'm just really glad that you were able to come and thank share you. this with <laughs> us <laughs> so thank you so much what words of wisdom or things you do you want um people to remember about what you've said today um, I would say I have two, if I can share two. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, <laughs> Three, um, four. <laughs> number one, speak to an attorney and mm. get an estate plan. Mm-hmm. Even if if it's the most simple estate plan, it doesn't have to be complex. Do something. Bring your mom along, bring mm-hmm. your dad along, bring your siblings along, because we have to change the narrative somewhere. Um, and I think our generation is doing a really good job of trying to change that narrative, but we're still not doing enough because our parents are still stuck in, you know, a certain mind yeah. frame that they don't need it or they don't want it. And so we have to do what we can to try to change that narrative and make sure that we don't miss out on this huge wealth transfer that the black community is is having right now. So that would be my Number one, number two is 
Um, if you, so, if you can't outsmart them, outwork them. Mm. That would be my number two. Um, and I, and I say that mm. because it's not always about what you know mm. that's going to get you where you want to be or where you need to be. It's about who you know and the work mm-hmm. you're doing when nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't think that I'm the smartest person in the world, like, mm-hmm. but nobody is going to outwork me mm-hmm. in any aspect of my life. Like, I grew up playing sports. That was the case then. In school, that was the case then, even in business now. That's the case. I, I use that as my, my mantra to keep me going every single day. Like, if I don't know it, I'm going to work until I figure it out mm-hmm. or I reach out to somebody that I know. But that's working smarter, not harder, <laughs> using nice. your resources. So mm. that's that would be my second little little nugget. So I love both of those. Okay, so Decreature, can you tell us a little bit about what about if you're not married? What if you're single, adult? You said over eighteen. What 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 do we do then? Yeah, so I think that single people even more so than maybe married couples of people who have partners need an mm-hmm. estate plan because you also need somebody that is not only making decisions for your things but your person your body who's making those those decisions for you and so if you don't have a family member or a close person um, that's in your family that you can nominate as your agent to make those decisions you can name a friend you know mm-hmm. or a colleague whoever you trust to be in those roles you can still name someone to make those decisions for you because otherwise somebody's gonna have to go to court you may get somebody appointed who doesn't even know you you at all that's going to have to be a decision maker for you and so you want to make sure that even as a single person you're still doing what you can and if you have things like even if you have like a life insurance policy or just a car you know fifty dollars you know whatever it is maybe you have a niece you know or Mm -hmm. a godchild that you want to be a beneficiary to your estate that you want to give your things to it doesn't have to be a family member that is listed as a beneficiary to your estate and so um just some things to think about as far as single people I do have a question even yeah. for married people. Sometimes people are in marriages, but their spouse isn't mm-hmm. the one that they trust. Mm-hmm. And so I think people have that um, perceived notion that if I'm married, then it all my spouse, it go, everything goes to them and they get to say, is that true? Like if it's if they have that living will, can they name somebody else or does it have to be their spouse? No, it does not have to be the spouse. When okay. it comes to your body, mm-hmm. it does not have to be the spouse and people automatically assume that it's going to mm-hmm. be and you, it does not have to be. So if you have a spouse you don't trust that you think it's going to try to kill you and take off your life with your life insurance money, mm-hmm. don't name them on your living will and your power of attorney. Right. Name That's a right. friend or, you know, whoever you trust. But they don't have a say so on what happens if they are if your friend is the power of attorney. When it comes to property, it's a little bit different because if it's jointly owned, you know mm-hmm. that's a, that's kind of a little bit different. Um, and then spouses have what's called dower and courtesy rights in Arkansas. So if you die without a will or even have one, and there's some issues there, they still have rights to property mm-hmm. by Arkansas law if you've been married for a certain amount of time. But mm-hmm. as far as your person goes and those mm-hmm. decisions, name somebody else if you don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really helpful to remember that the single people, too, because I like what you said, because like there could be like a single person who may not have a good relationship with like family, but may, like you said, have like that niece or that nephew that they did want to support if they were to pass. And so to have like a friend who could like execute those decisions on their behalf. Yeah, is really because also like if I'm not close to my family, then my family probably don't know Mm -hmm. that I do have some assets 
that I want. But then if they find out I have assets, then they obviously gonna want them assets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not yeah. around and will be making those decisions for me. Yeah. So I, I love that you bring that point up about single people. Like single people can still have a voice yeah. even when they're gone. And I just because you don't have today doesn't mean you won't ever have. Yeah. And so you still want to plan for that moment too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a client who came to me and she did a whole trust. She doesn't have children. She's not married. The only beneficiaries are, are her nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. you know. And so she's like, I don't have right now, but I know I'm going to at some point, you know, I'm working my, my tail off right now. So I yeah. know at some point I'm going to have things, whether it's very small or very large. And I want them to be the beneficiaries of it. I don't want their parents getting anything. I, want, I don't want my parents getting anything. I want my nieces and nephews and a godchild in there yeah. to have everything that, mm-hmm. I, that I will have at that point. That's really so. good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sorry. Okay, I have one last question. I was <laughs> say, okay. <laughs> Okay, how often do, like, how do we need to, like, be reminded to, like, update these? Or is that something that, like, if I've, if I've done this with you as my lawyer, will that be something that you'll just check in on me, like, annually? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I just want you to review these documents. This is all the same. Yeah. So I can only speak for my firm. I don't know what, the, what other attorneys out there are doing. But if you get your estate plan done with me, I do have periodic check-ins to say, okay, mm-hmm. how's everything going? Have you had children? Have you gotten divorced? Have you gotten married? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that to, to see if things need to be updated. Because those are the large or the major life milestones that will require amending your documents and so I try to check in with my clients because what you may have a child or you may get divorced and may get married and not even think of it or you think of it and forget to update the Mm -hmm. documents and so I try to make sure that I'm checking in with the clients otherwise um yes you would need to kind of be checking in and say okay hey I had this happen do Mm -hmm. I need to change anything in my documents but most people don't think about it as it's happening so I kind of take that responsibility on and say okay I want to check in to make sure everything's still the same and doesn't need updating I mean, that that comes from a place of you having a lot of integrity because you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it really is up for grown folks to yeah. check it out. <laughs> like, so that's just you, like, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, let me go the extra hey, mile the and check in with You've been listening that's to you. the Resilient because Black Women Podcast. Because it's really, like, you near and dear to me that people and our work have at resilientblackwomen.org. And it doesn't do you and a family you like or you any good if it's out there yet. And so I want to make sure that we keep them up to date. Once it's done, I want to make sure it stays up to date so that when it comes time for it, it's worth something to you. Right. So. Well, um, I will definitely be in touch with you very soon. Okay. Um, Okay. But thank you again, Dakisha, for being here. Seriously, we've learned so, so much and just really grateful uh, just for your knowledge Mm -hmm. um, and your passion about this. Thank Thank you you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, y'all, I'm Joy McGowan, and you've been listening to the Resilient Black Women podcast. You can learn more about us and our work at resilientblackwomen.org. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend or two. Tell us what you think. We love reading your reflections, and we hope you'll join us again. Bye, y'all.